Welcome to another episode of Soul Searcher with Natalie Brown. This is your journey to spiritual enlightenment and soul alignment and I'm so excited to share more of my wisdom, more of my love and to lead and serve with love and to be able to help you create the life that you absolutely love. I'm so excited to be joined by the wonderful Anne-Margaret Redding from Raise the Vibration. And she is my special guest for Soul Searcher podcast today. And I'm really excited about this conversation. She's an amazing woman. She's done amazing things for humanity. And I'm so excited to have you here. So welcome, Anne-Margaret. The (laughs) pleasure is all mine. I'm so honored to be interviewed by you today and just have a conversation with you because uh, although we don't know each other extremely well, I'm really excited that we have some time together after looking at your website and seeing all the ways that you make a difference for people in this world. I thank you for having me. Mm, And hi, everybody who's watching and in play or live or replay or whatever it's called. (laughs) Yeah, welcome to this conversation. We're going to go far and wide today, I'm sure. So (laughs) always, right? Yeah, absolutely. So let me um, I'm going to share more about what Anne-Margaret does, and then we will dive deeper into that. So, so having taught on five continents, my goodness, and in 50 U.S. cities, Anne-Margaret's mission is healing our relationship with ourselves and with God. That's so beautiful. And with mm-hmm. this human experience that we're having here, she's a passionate lover of life and business. She founded a healing center in New York City in 2001 and move this community online in 2019. We all have to pivot, hey? (laughs) Um, She has a wellness agency of over 100 practitioners serving Manhattan's top hotels and residences. And she's a celebrity trainer, spiritual advisor, and channel. Her methodology awakens unparalleled passion for living, which is so beautiful. I love that. And one of her greatest joys is her work with Raise the Vibration, having just launched a weekly guidebook for alchemizing the human experience. So check out her work at raisethevibration.com. So, wow, amazing, amazing. Oh, my goodness, where do we start? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me about what was one of the biggest challenges that you have gone through in your life and how did you overcome it? Well, it's hard to pick one, you know, we all have a story of something that we face or, you know, I don't really have one of those. I had a car accident story and then everything changed. For me, it was like a slow burn. It was like a a thing that I didn't feel was too extraordinary. It didn't look extraordinary to the outside world. Uh, but I think that's one of the most challenging things for those of us who don't have this dramatic awakening moment or dark night of the soul like in a pit like in a pivot or like an acute happening Mm -hmm. so for me it was it started very early on Uh, i my first memory was actually sitting i was raised catholic and i remember sitting in the pews of of our family church a great community that i was raised in and i remember sitting on the on the pew of those hard those hard benches right with my legs swinging so i i think i might have been like two or three and just kind of looking around, you know, as kids do, and, and just wondering why, why are we inside? Because I didn't, you know, I knew we were there to connect with God and, you know, be with each other. And and then, you know, I grew up in Colorado. Those of you, it's like a very mountainous, you know, outdoorsy place. So I'm totally mountain mama for sure. And um, so I couldn't understand why we were inside. That was my little brain thinking. And then I also was wondering why we were why we were, weren't were just talking to God with our head, like, like why we weren't all just doing that, you know, and, 
And so for me, I think as a child, um, I've always felt very connected to God, source, whatever you want to call that is up to you, obviously, in your own free will. For me, I'll just say God because it's easy for me, but I've always felt very connected. And when things started showing up in, uh, in my education with, with Catholicism and even some non-denominational churches I would go to, I was a bit of a spiritual nerd, so in high school, uh, I would go to two services a weekend. Um, I would go to mass because I had to go to mass. That's a requirement. You know, you always, you can't miss that. And then I would go to another service to learn about another faith or another denomination. And so for me, it was very much not wanting to disappoint my community being very, very religious community, knowing I would face major ostracism. Um, and, uh, so for me along the way, without getting too specific, I mean, just to give you an answer to your question is, is facing massive, um, alienation by my, by my family, by my friends. And I have an extraordinary family and there's been a lot of healing since, but my journey has been very much a, one of a solo one, like all of us have to deal with. We all have a solo journey. And if we don't embrace that and we don't really get to be on our path, like we're living someone else's life, you know? So for me, it was, I was always the new girl. We were moved around a lot by my, my dad's job. So I felt like always new and kind of feeling like what it felt like to be an outsider. And, um, and then through this whole journey of really finding how to be true to myself and my own relationship, because I'd so desired to know God, I did to figure out the mysteries of the universe, my little arrogant self as a child, like I'm going to solve it. Um, you know, but that's what we all kind of grapple with are the big questions. And if we don't, we're missing out, I think. So for me, it was just the courage that it took to stand on my own two feet, uh, and look for the sources of support where I could find them and not just focus on the places that I wanted support and I just didn't get it. Yeah. Well, our story is so similar. Really, <laughs> I grew up in a very Christian household and my parents were God-fearing people. And they, um, you know, from a very young age, it was all about your connection with God. And I remember sitting on those hard seats in church, right, thinking, why are we inside? Exactly the same question. Wow, you know, really? You wow. have to have a house or a place. And I always ask this question, why are we inside a house when we can connect with God everywhere? Like the plants and the trees. Like my favorite place was being in the trees. I climbed trees. I was a real tomboy. Um, grew up in a farm. <laughs> yeah. In South Africa, and I loved talking oh. to the trees. I loved speaking to the birds. Um, and from a very young age, I had all my psychic senses wide open, and I was visited by spirit. And I had them sitting on my bed, and I could see them. And I was very afraid, and ended up having this situation where I was afraid, and my parents didn't understand what I was, who I was, and what I was going through because of their own belief systems. And they thought it was evil. So mm -hmm. they made me believe that it was evil. So I shut down my gifts. And so I come from that family of um, where they didn't believe in spirituality like I do now, that we are all, we are connected to all, we can access all, right? And it's this, this beautiful journey, like you say, of finding your way. And I remember being a seeker a seeker of my soul, 
And I think, uh, you know, what I'm hearing, what you're saying is that you were the same. You were a seeker. You went to places and spaces where you were trying to find what made sense to you. Is that right? So, <laughs> um, and, and I guess for people that's out there listening, that are seekers, that's trying to find their soul, is like, find what resonates with you. What would you say about this, Anne-Margaret? Well, I, I love that our stories are very similar. I feel like so many of us have so much more in common than we realize. And then when we start dialoguing and sharing openly and transparently, like we have such empowerment because we recognize like we're all not as scary as we think we are. Like we, we all have this struggle in some way. And I love it. You said you're a tomboy. I grew up like I have an older brother who's five years older and a sister who's nine years older. Before my brother, I mean, I wanted, I mean, I just wanted to be cool in his eyes, like, you know. So I was such a tomboy that I, and I also was skipped the first grade. So in, and I had summer birthday, late summer birthday. So I was like one and a half to two years younger than even some people in my class. So when it got around the time for, and going to Catholic school, we had to wear uniforms, right? But we had the choice to wear a skirt or pants in school. And I couldn't figure out why you would want to wear a skirt because you couldn't compete with the boys at recess. So <laughs> I, I really I just wasn't like fifth grade, like the girls are starting to look around and I was just like, let me beat the boys, you know? Like, I was just so that was my mentality. Um, but yeah, I just feel like, you know, even as an adult, I mean, and, and discovering the gifts, I mean, I, I, I've always felt deeply connected. I always use my intuition and listen to the next step. And, and um, I kind of feel like I, all my projects, I've worked for myself since I was, you know, 20, 22, something like that. And had my own business since I was then. So like, I, I knew that I always had to go my way, own way in some way or another regarding what I did. And as a result, um, you know, I had always do any project or path or my business even kind of like with a blindfold on and just, I could see the next step, but I couldn't see five steps or even two steps. Like I just had to take the next step. And, um, when you know i've always felt like i've been a channel like but i didn't know what that was and i never related to channels i never really sought them out and i didn't realize that you know when we're speaking with a friend and something comes through us and we say something we don't know what it we're like i i didn't say that i know i didn't say that that i believe is god or source working through us mm -hmm. in that moment and when i would teach i've been a teacher for over 20 years when i you know a teacher of esoterics yoga meditation uh, reframing shadow work all this chakras are my obsession um I would say things all the time, be like, that was amazing. And I, I did not think of that. And I'd be like, I gotta write that down. So like I had the experience of channeling almost my entire life because it started as a musician. I'm a classical pianist and I compose and I sing and I write music and all this spoken word. So I would experience it like that too. And so when I started getting something awakening in me about almost eight years ago uh, with the involuntary movements and, and having it become more real, um, and then it started speaking, I, uh, you know, like Abraham Hicks, I, I, I didn't know this, I, it shocked me more than anybody. Everybody's like, oh yeah, it doesn't surprise me about you people who know me, but I was, I'm such a skeptic and, and you know, almost cynical, you know, like I'm like, I don't, I don't trust it. I wanna understand why before I get behind something and this is just beyond. So when this started happening, you know, I knew that this would be like a, I can stay in the closet or I can come out 
And it really felt like that. And I supported a lot of dear friends of mine who have been in the closet about their sexuality or been in the closet with, with their family for something or another or with their spouse or, or anything. And being brave enough to step beyond their job if they were unhappy. And I knew like this was a moment for me where I knew the people who would probably never talk to me again and think that I was crazy. And then I knew, I, I, I thought like I knew some people who would also stand by me and they did. Um, and my most, the de deepest concern I have with, was really for my parents uh, because this is weird, you know? And when we talk about channeling and we talk about these things, I'm the first one who's like, this is weird. Like, I mean, if somebody told me this, I'd be like, she's crazy. Like, she's out of her mind. If I didn't know what this was and I didn't experience the frequency being as loving and as kind and just divine as it is, like, I would, I would think I was crazy too. So like when I, when I came out to my parents, you know, they wanted me to go do a, an exorcism and just to ensure that I wasn't possessed. And cause I don't go anywhere. Like I'm completely present when I'm channeling, but that was one of the biggest challenges when, when I started stepping into more fully these gifts in addition to what, what I did before I came out. So that was an experience and it was a beautiful experience going through that. Uh, but it was, it was definitely mm -hmm. a moment where I thought, okay, I've even had an exorcism. How many people in this world can say that? And I came out like, oh, and the priest was like, yeah, it's not demonic. Like you're, you know, there's something we can't understand really what this is, you know, it's something beyond the doctrine. So I love that because I remember, so my journey started after I had this huge awakening where I walked into um, a psychic medium healer's, you know, room and she looked past me and she went like, oh, you've got quite a few people here with you today. And um, I remember I was in corporate at that time, you know, and this was after I had my, my accident that I went through as well. So I had that big bang moment and everything, which a lot of my community know about. And, um, and, I remember that time and she said to me, well, you're a Reiki master. And I went, what's that? <laughs> I had no idea, right? I was so shut yeah. off from my spirituality and I was like, holy, what just happened to me? I've been in an accident. I've been awakened. I'm hearing because I've been hearing voices all my life. And then the previous five years or, you know, before the accident, it got louder and louder and louder. And I was like, am I going crazy? Um, but it was loving. It was, I was so held and supported. And I've always just known things, right? Just mm. things that you, you don't read in books normally. And um, anyway, so I remember following the Reiki journey, becoming a Reiki healer, a Reiki master teacher. And one day, and it was in the beginning of my healing journey, I had my hands on my client. And I had my eyes closed and I remember feeling, oh, something's different now. And I looked down at my hands and I've got big hands for a woman, right? But they were twice the size. My hands wow. were twice the size. And I remember feeling this presence coming over me. And I actually have got goosebumps just talking about it now as I remember. But I didn't understand it. No one ever told me that this is going to happen, right? So immediately I went get out of my body leave now you are not allowed in my body and I know that it was one of my guides that came over and I said you will never enter my body ever again without my permission 
You will Mm. tell me if you want to come and work with me in this way. And so I've always had my guides now work alongside me. And then my higher self, it comes all through my higher self, the God consciousness and the the messages, right? Beautiful. But I remember that day thinking that was the weirdest experience, you know, in the early days that I've had. And then Abraham Hicks, you know, she came across my field or he came across my field. And I was like, this just feels like it's, it's, um, it's such an, a divine intervention. It's it's such a trust, a moment of trust, right? That you have to give over yourself almost to this, um, what's coming through. And I decided that I didn't want to channel in that way. I wanted to be able to channel through my own self through my higher self. And it's so beautiful to hear the different ways. And I work with a lot of different clients that channel in a different way. I had one woman that her tongue moves as soon as she starts channeling. So like her tongue will move of its own volition, right? And she'll bring these messages through. And I, and she was like, I don't want this to happen anymore to me. I want to be able to channel my own self and be in control of my own self. So we had to do some work around that, right? Yeah. And you know, when you, when you stepped into your, your channeling, did you find that there were times where you had to, what do you do to protect yourself? Like, do you find that sometimes there's stuff that come in that want to, you know, um, piggyback? <laughs> if I can call it that. <laughs> Good word. Um, yeah. What do you do to protect your channel? Let's talk about that. <laughs> that's a really good question and thanks for sharing all that with me because that's mm-hmm. it's fascinating you know like when you're going through something and this is not your world uh you feel very alone that you know mm-hmm. that who else has these experiences i mean i like i said i never kind of looked into abraham hicks i listened to for like 10 minutes back in like i don't know at least probably 10 15 years ago like i it was a long time and i was like oh that's interesting but wasn't interested at all yes. um yeah so for me, uh, because of the way my brain works, you know, I, I was a trained classical pianist. And, and so like my left brain and my right brain, I feel like I can't ignore either one because it, I really value both. And I've never been a, all my students and clients know, like I'm not the kind of teacher who's like gonna jump through rainbows with you and like dress it up and wanna be on a pedestal. Like, I don't believe any of that. I believe that it's about awakening the unique teacher within each one of us. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I also, when I first started doing yoga, like uh, 25 years ago, like I wouldn't put my hands in prayer. I wouldn't bow. I wouldn't chant Om. I wouldn't do any sort of like anything that I didn't understand. Yeah. And then I opened a yoga studio healing center like in New York City, like had this whole trajectory. So clearly there was a journey, you know, and when I first started setting the chakras uh, over 20 years ago, I felt like I found a roadmap that I could get behind, uh, that I would be able to use my logic and reasoning and, and really understand not, ha- one of the big challenges is like, when people would say, oh, just have faith. And I, I don't really know, know what that meant. I just thought it meant put your skepticism on the shelf and move on. And I'm like, I don't believe that. I believe I was created with a brain for a reason to understand something. And so I would really investigate. Like I'm the detective archetype is so in me. Like I want to figure it out. And I love puzzles. I love those kind of, you know, riddles. Yeah. So when this started happening in uh, an awakening in a, a 
physical way, I was, I would have never been okay if I couldn't control it. I know that. So, or if like I had to go into some trance or something and let something kind of take me over, it wouldn't have been okay with me. Like I, too much of a control freak, like, no, oh, hell no. That's why I love that You said that you're like, oh no, get out of my body now and you'll have permission. You know, I, I, I think that's important. And I think that that's something that um, I've always kind of felt protected. So you, you, I have always felt that protection and um, could never really explain it, except I felt like I had an army around me at all times, you know? Oh, yes. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Yeah. And so I, you know, was taught a couple decades ago, well, these are the things you put your hand here, or you white light or all these things. And, and, um, and yeah, like I, I have a Scorpio moon. So like, I love getting into like the, I love digging through it. Like I, I don't, I am like the one you take, as your guide into like the deepest shadow parts of yourself. And then we awaken the superpowers from bringing those into light. So like, that's kind of what my, if I had a superpower that, that would be it. Cause I love, I love going there. Like there's nothing, no mud or muck that I'm afraid of going through. So I think because of that, I just haven't really felt attacked ever. Um, I've, you know, I've been through a lot of very vicious attacks from other humans. Um, and, uh, people I, I thought would be, you know, at my back or I could trust. So like, I have had a lot of that and repetition in my life with that. And I'm like, well, what, like, why are you attracting that? Like, what are you doing? And so I would always ask the questions to see like what I couldn't, couldn't control. And then, um, I mean, everything that I learned, we learn in circles, right? So like I kept learning deeper and deeper lessons about getting disappointed or feeling, um, uh, discarded, you know, like by, by someone who I thought, you know, like I had a great relationship with and could never really understand why. And then realize like I needed to not discard myself, not discard all parts of myself. And, um, so in doing that, like I was very open and, you know, and, in, in for the most part, very open, but I would kind of absorb other people's lower density frequencies and not get it, not realize it. That's kind of my experience of it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and when I would absorb it, I'd be like, Oh, and they'd be like, wow, I feel so much better. And I'm like, good. <laughs> you know, I feel terrible. And like, I would yeah. have to like go like sage and like shower and like, uh, but my husband's a, he's a, he is a, a energy worker as well. And he uh, comes home and we're able to say, Oh, the person you are like, we know, like, sexual trauma or generational or this or that or you know whatever the blockage is in the in chakra system we kind of work together but i used to absorb it a lot and i feel like only even just recently only in like the last several months have i felt like the upgrades keep happening where i feel like my vibration is is so high now that i don't feel like i am a resonant not a subject with those denser frequencies anymore like do i still have terrible days absolutely like really really tough you know feeling deeply um i is no i'm no stranger to that so but it's different i'm riding and surfing the waves uh more expertly now <laughs> and yeah, enjoying I it, it. Riding, i call it riding the roller coaster <laughs> yes <laughs> yes, yes. so freaking it. awesome being on this roller coaster and i love that you yeah. said you know you're feeling that you've upgraded and you're at that, this level where you're not feeling the density is touching you anymore in a way that it used to, right? Because you do, as you're upgrading, as you are rising and ascending and accessing higher realms and frequencies, you are no longer playing with the darkness in the way that you used to. And um, right. 
Right. I always say to my clients, you know, and, and I, you know, this is something that I have no qualms in doing is deep diving the darkness because I have the ability to do it just like you. I will yeah. go where no one else wants to go. But do I want to go there anymore? No, I don't want to go into that density anymore because of the frequency that I'm at at the moment. And I'm honoring this state of empowerment, like really helping people to get to that space like you are of seeing their shadows, working with that, releasing it, letting it go, alchemizing it. And let's go, baby. Right. Let's step into empowerment now. Let's move into the space of joy, love, lightness, abundance. Okay. So that you can unlock your gifts, but you can work with your gifts in a way that is different and rise into those higher frequencies because you've got something bigger to do here. You know, those people I find, and I don't know if this is the same for you, I find that a lot of people that have been in density and that have been shackled, that have gone through crazy experiences of trauma, sexuality, and, and all of that stuff, I find that those are the powerful people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They have so much power and they have been kept in that space of density and darkness for such a long time. And it is liberating when you work with someone and you are bringing that person back, all parts of their soul back to themselves. And you, you show them, hey, look at you, right? You are radiant. You are a child of God. You are here to do God's work. And that is incredibly powerful. I love that. So what I wanted to ask you as well, talking about spiritual resilience, what would you, (laughs) what's your thinking on spiritual resilience? Well, I started a long time ago as, as like being very much into like as a trainer, you know, being a celebrity trainer and, and having, uh, having the body as my foundation and understanding how to help people with that so many of my metaphors as i began spiritual advising really parallel to how we relate to this physical reality mm-hmm. and um so resilience in your physical body it, it means that you're keeping yourself strong flexible uh able to adjust as far as your balance goes and um and and really learning yourself more than anything else so that you know how your body is and you know how your body is not how you want it to be or to look like or any anyone else's how do you know your body to be and so physical metaphors as, as well as musical metaphors have been really important to me and and um if we're trying like one of my favorite metaphors uh is you know i'm a pianist so i always say well if you're if like whatever instrument you are, we talk about our frequencies and our tunings, right? Like if you're a piano, stop trying to be a violin. Like that's not who you are, you know? And I feel like one of the first steps is just accepting your instrument. And then, and after that, it's about tuning your own instrument and no two pianos in the world tune alike. That blows my mind. Like no two pianos in the world, ask any piano tuner, that there's some uniqueness about every single one of us. And so when we learn our own tuning, and that takes time, it takes commitment, diligence, like consistency, like really to understand, like to let go of the other projections or the expectations from society, ourselves or other people or our religion or, or our culture or our families, to understand our own unique tuning takes massive amount of work. 
there's a reason why know thyself is on the temple of Apollo. <laughs> you know, like that inquiry is critical for each one of us if we want to find freedom, true freedom and expression. So, you know, with with understanding our own frequency and our own tuning, then we can know how to bounce back. Like when what kind of note goes out faster than others, you know? Where do we go flat? Where do we like get way too sharp or way too loud like i mean there are parts of us that are strengths that become our dependencies like our our the ways that we self-sabotage or sabotage relationships or our work and um and so understanding ourselves i think is the first step of spiritual resilience and an understanding uh, i mean i have a lot to say on that matter but i'll just say that the book that i just released was inspired when the lockdown started in March of 2020. And I thought as a teacher, a spiritual advisor, I thought, how can I help? And the first thing that came in was get people to focus on what they already overcame. And I was like, oh, that makes sense. Cause we forget. I mean, I certainly forget. I have to remind myself, oh yeah, I, I released a couple albums of music. Like I've done, I've I had a yoga studio, a community, like I forget who I am all the time. And I have to remind myself, I have to remind myself because the older ways of seeing kind of take over drive the bus and I have to be like, oh, no, wait, no, no, this is who I am. So, you know, in, in understanding that and remembering who we are, like that, that was the thing that I thought oh, will get people to focus on. I asked people to write their story of resilience. And that's what this book is all about is how do we remember what we've already overcome so that we can have courage to alchemize whatever current challenge we're facing. Mm. So powerful. Oh, I've got goosebumps. I love that, and Margaret. Thank you for sharing that. I love that you see, you know, your strengths are not understood. And I feel like this is where, where a lot of people, they're, they're focusing on the, the stories, the perceptions of who they are, right? And they, they don't understand that within those moments of, um, of deep struggle, that's where their strengths lie. And when we can overcome, or when we can see ourselves as divine love, beings of divine love, because that's ultimately why we've come here, to return back to that space of love and understanding of who we are and going through the lessons as we move, as we ride that roller coaster. Yeah. So talk to me about some of these strengths that you've come across and you've done a lot of work and you know you you're a teacher and talk to me about some of these strengths that people don't necessarily see or understand some of these superpowers that can really help them move into a space of alignment with that divine love that they are here to share and be with i'm a big believer and a worker with archetypes so understanding that every aspect of who we are has a light attribute and a shadow attribute, something that's empowering us and aligning us with our purpose, our, our highest gift, and then something that helps to, to create the dimension in the painting of our lives, not the evil or negative. I don't really, I don't focus or work in that way because if you're demonizing something or saying this is of God, that's not of God, you're in, trapped in the polarity and you don't see the full picture. Yeah. So, when I'm working with people, especially as a coach, and I use the channeling and the coaching just that kind of to help get some help as well when I'm when I'm coaching, but I focus a lot with people on 
the different aspects of who they are, the different archetypes that are trying, I use the metaphor of driving the bus. So if you've got your victim behind the wheel of the bus, that victim is going to paint the entire reality that you have in a very defensive or offensive way. Uh, if you've got, you know, the the teacher driving the bus, even though that's might be admirable. And I, I've gone through 20 plus years of that archetype and really embracing that. So I know that one really well. You can hide behind being the teacher or focus on other people's stuff, not your own. I mean, there's a lot of traps to that, a lot of shadow aspects of it. But then there's so many light attributes as well. Um, the rebel would be seen as kind of like a more of a kind of darker character or um, even the villain, like the parts of us that are that we would say, oh, that's bad. You know, <laughs> that, that that kind of personality or aspect of who we are, it should be demonized or ridiculed or rejected. But if we don't recognize the power in that, then we don't understand um, a part of ourselves that can be alchemized. Uh, so every time I work with a trauma with somebody or even a part of them that feels stuck in some way, it's looking at, I, I, I work with uh, many people who have gone through sexual abuse and uh, people who have gone through a lot of uh, religious abuse as well and spiritual abuse. Um, and feeling ostracized. I always joke that I would start like an SA, Spirituality Anonymous, because so many people really struggle with the addiction to being kept in that circle or that tribe at the expense of their own relationship with God and with themselves in their own life. So I, I love working with people in a way that helps understand that these aspects or these strengths usually come from the mud and the muck and excavating the pearl from the depths of that mud and bringing it into light and, and understanding it. And there's a, there's a lot of ways to do that. But I think what's most important is that you, you have faith in the divine unfolding of your life. You have a deep trust in all is God, all is good. This is happening for me, not to me. That's what I understand now as faith in being a, a very empowering choice, a free will choice of how to see your reality. Because what you think over and over again becomes your belief system. And that belief system shapes your entire world, your reality. So in order to understand your strengths, you have to stop hiding or suppressing or just trying to brush under the rug or just forget about it and put it in the past. No, no, those are the things you need to excavate, bring out, go through and find those jewels and then put them in your crown. Yeah. And most people are afraid to go there. Most people, and, and I've written about this in one of my books, we don't, as humans, we don't want to experience pain because we have experienced so much pain. So it's the remembrance of that pain. We don't want to go back there. But our pain is where our pleasure lies. No, that's where our joy is as well. And when we go there, we do the inner work. We do the excavating, uncovering. There is so much greatness that waits, awaits you. Um, and it's. I definitely feel that our stories rule the roost. We create so many stories in our heads about who we are, what we're capable of. Um, what we can't do, what we can do, that like who are we at the core of our being? Like with all these stories weaved around us and interweaved in our lives, and most of those stories are not even our own. It's stories that we've picked up from our ancestors, families, you know. It's it's um it's like the story that mom told you when you were little and then you started believing it that it was your story, right? So mm -hmm. I love people's stories 
I love getting deep into people's stories and understanding them and energetically, and I'm sure you're the same, you can feel when it's not true, when it's not real, right? When there is a disconnect from that natural state of being versus this almost web that is weaved around a person. Mm. So I love the psyche of people, but I also love working with the energetics of people. And this is what I'm hearing what you're saying. You do the same. You work in a similar way. In that way, where you're deep diving into the sh understanding the shadows, right? Because shadows or energy that is darker matter is simply light that is misunderstood that needs to be transmuted into the light. Yeah. So it's just changing the form of it as such. And it's this beautiful, incredible thing that when someone has that aha moment, when it lands for them, something that they have believed for such a long time, when they go, hang on, this is not who I am. Who am I now? And you choose, like, what is it that I want now? What is it that I want for myself, right? Then this, this, it's this beautiful flower that unfolds because you get to choose for yourself. You get to be the sovereign being. You get to live your life as a free being here on this planet. And that's, there's magic in that. But first we have to go and listen and understand the stories that we've weaved. And I'm sure that, you know, you as well and Margaret have had some stories in your life that you've told yourself, you know, listening to what you said in the beginning around um, your spirituality and um, a lot of wounding around your spiritual self. I find that there's a lot of that as well and it's interesting that you work with those type of people as well where there's this deep spiritual wounding around um being a certain way in in your spirituality in in christianity especially or in the church and there's a lot of old paradigms that's built a wall around people and it's now if i break out of it am i no longer serving god if I break out of it, am I no longer pleasing my family? And I heard you saying earlier on as well, you know, your, your parents, you were concerned for your parents. And the same thing happened for me. I had all these stories and these belief systems around who I was. And my soul was trying to break out and go, no, this is not who you are, you know. <laughs> and I and I remember going, I can't put myself out there on the internet. I can't tell people who I really am and come out of the spiritual closet. <laughs> my parents would hurt. What would my parents think? What would my family think? What would people say about me channeling and speaking to galactic beings and bringing through frequencies and knowing things that I shouldn't be knowing, right? They'll put me in an institution. This was my thing. They'll put me in an institution because I must be crazy. But now I know that I'm not <laughs> because there's so many people that like you, thank goodness, that's out there as well, that we are awakening to. And there's this beautiful journey where we are all listening. I'm listening to your story. I'm listening to all my clients' stories, everyone that I'm working with, friends. and. It's like, hey, we're coming out of the spiritual closet. It's okay to be yourself in any way, in every way, in form. So I guess what I'm asking is, you know, in your work, what do you see 
people really, really struggling with. In terms of the, let's let's go to the spiritual wounding. I really want to go there. Mm. You know, what can you say to people out there that have experienced um, spiritual wounding, that have gone through or is going through that, that's that's feeling like they want to break out of that that closet and follow their soul, but they just don't know what to do? What would you say to them? I really believe that most, if not all, of our dysfunctional relationship to this life is rooted in our dysfunctional relationship with our concept of God. Mm. To death, to life, to God. That that mm. trilogy, if we're if we have a rejection or a projection onto any of it that is not in alignment, we miss the gift it is to be alive. And yeah. I find that people struggle with um, the villain, like mm -hmm. some villain in their life, be it cancer, be it their finances, be it a trauma, a family member, a divorce, a, a death of a child, um, uh, you know, the inability to, to express themselves. I, any sort of villain that exists in this world, um, I find that people have a, a very disempowering relationship to it until they understand sort of the formula or the purpose of our being here. And I really want to disclaim first before I say this that I do, I do, I'm of the belief that I have found a truth, not the truth. And in the words of Khalil Gibran, I found the path of my soul, not the not everyone else's path, right? Mm -hmm. I do believe that I found something that really makes sense to my skeptic and makes sense of my mom's a mathematician, my dad's an engineer. I I got grounded if I did not come home with an A in math. Like I mean, I they were <laughs> like, you know, you've got us, you know. So my left brain and all of the development of that, like I want to understand the formulas of why things work the way that they do. And I think if people in the way the methodology I've come to with the chakras understand that if it's and the foundation of it's all God and foundation of it's all gifts, it's all blessings, it's not the curses that we believe in, it's not the weaknesses that we buy into or the unworthiness or the inadequacies that we buy into about ourselves or about others or the world or about God or about whatever it is, then we start seeing the miraculousness it is uh, to actually be on this planet. Mm. Uh, what comes through all the time when I'm channeling is that we are here to experience, grow and create. And to experience doesn't mean just run away from pain and towards pleasure. I love that you, pain is one of my favorite subjects. <laughs> it might sound a little masochistic, but I know, no, at this point in my life through my teaching, my own experience, like pain has been the greatest teacher the greatest teacher if I allowed it to be, if I recognize that it was of God. A lot of people will say, well, that's demonic. This thing that's happening is demonic or those are evil forces. Mm -hmm. And I finally, actually, the priest that ex did the exorcism for me uh, was the first authority in the Catholic Church that said, no, demons are sent from God to purify our soul. And I was like, yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Why wasn't that taught to me in my Catholic upbringing? 
you know, why in my church, I never was taught that, that it was going to purify. And maybe I missed it. I wasn't until the time when I was ready to hear it. Right. But yes, like if we look at the, the adversities in our life, I don't feel like we're tainted and our soul needs purification in that way that he said it. But we're here to experience a certain experience that is only our soul's experience. We're here to grow. Maybe it's growing from point A to B in a positive growth. Maybe it's point Z to A, you know, and it's a different kind of growth. No judgment. It's in here with our own free will to create a life and experience that we want to create. Mm -hmm. But this can be a little controversial when I say what I'm about to say, which is, you know, all the world's a stage and we're but players on it right shakespeare taught us and i'm a huge like shakespeare and greek nerd like i love i love my i have a background in theater when i was younger and it taught me so much about archetypes and the human condition and what we struggle with and you know you can't have a hero without a villain mm -hmm. and this is something that a lot of people do not want to swallow because they're like i don't want to thank my abuser no you don't need to be like thank you for abusing me thank you for traumatizing me thank you you know it's not that it's taking the experience and the adversity. If you don't have adversity, you're never going to grow, period. You can't grow inside your comfort zone. You can't do it. So you can't have a growing experience from point A to B or realization or expansion of your soul if you don't have adversity. So you can't have the hero without the villain. Making peace with the villainous aspects of our lives and being grateful by integrating those things, up-leveling in the way that we want to, then we have peace and we can actually detach from whatever that energy is. We don't have to perpetuate it, but we integrate it. So we're not like, let's just be done with it and move on to the higher frequencies. Yeah, I, I totally agree that we can choose to be there. But if we don't understand that the shadow is the dimension of the painting, we're never going to get rid of the, the dark aspects of this world. We're just not. Everybody's like, oh, world peace eventually. No, I just don't, I don't believe that. I believe dedicate your life to creating what you want to create and bring light to this world. But I don't think that this world is meant to be broken or seen as needing a fixing that the dimensions that we have in this reality, if we know how to use the formulas of our reality, we have a birthing and awakening an up level and vibration and the ability to manifest what we truly desire on a soul level, not an egoic level, but a soul level in this life. And that's when things start to really get good. Oh, love that. Yes, absolutely. Working from the soul. And this is what we're doing. We're unlearning so much of the old stuff, right? Of the ego self. And we're moving into the soul self. We're learning how to start working with the soul. And that actually it's freaking easy, right? It's much easier working with the soul. Um, although, yes, let me tell you, I've had some challenges because as you upgrade, <laughs> saying that actually, yes, there's some challenges. Um, as you upgrade and you're working with the soul, you always come to the space of like understanding what that next level is, right? And yeah. so then I've been working with Saint Germain quite a lot um, recently because I'm stepping into teaching alchemy, God's alchemy, the alchemy of, of God. And um, it's been interesting because he's been sending me some challenges and he's really making me think about stuff and and helping me understand life in a very different way the a way that I've never really I know it my soul knows it but my human is like what 
<laughs> what is happening right yeah. so yeah. and i i always feel like i've i've swallowed a, a spiritual sciences dictionary or you know i've gone and um read the sciences i'm very inquisitive about everything you know i want to understand things i want to learn about things so that i can bring through the simplicity of that information and share it with everyone out there so you can translate it and find through that information find your soul and activate your your soul gifts your wisdom your monadic wisdom right that you hold within you all of us hold it within us so yeah thank you for sharing that but i want to talk about relationships because you you know you talk about relationship with yourself here mm. and the relationship with yourself is the most important. Yes, other people around you is important as well. But if you look at them first and you overplease and overgive and, and do whatever you can to keep them happy, you're going to be losing yourself. You're not going to be aligning with your soul, right? So a lot of people are still looking outside of them for work, for help, for assistance. And it's about coming inside, speaking to your higher self, speaking to your guides. You are not going crazy. My loves, okay, let me tell you, those who's listening, spirit wants to talk to us. They want to teach us. They want to, you know, gift us so much. And so if you open your heart to the highest frequency of divine love and light, to God consciousness, there is so much magic waiting for you. And then your relationship with yourself, with God, starts to change. There is this deep love, fierce love for yourself. This fierce love because God loves you so profoundly, so deeply. And I feel it every day when I work with my guides and with you know all the beautiful beings. And I seek out that love within you and I amplify that for you because that's what who you are ultimately. Yes? We've got to see the shadows and we've got to go, okay, do I want to be here? Do I want to experience life in a whole different way? Or am I going to continue perpetuating that cycle that I am on? And then the universe will bring those experiences that give you that kick up the butt or those people that you meet in the street or that billboard that you see or that song that comes on the radio and reminds you, hmm, hang on a minute. Let's get you back on track, right? <laughs> so the relationships with yourself or the relationship with yourself is ultimately the most important. And if you find yourself within relationships, and this is something that you mentioned earlier on as well, it's people. When I asked you about how do you protect yourself, right? You said to me, you've never really experienced you are protected. The thing is that we are protected. What we have to understand is that people are the ones that we can feel their energy of because we're constantly sharing energy with each other, right? So we have this, when we talk about psychic attacks, it's not your spirit team that's attacking you. It's not the galactic beings that's attacking you. They do not. They don't have that within their makeup. They are divine love beings, benevolent beings of light. So it's people. So we are learning to navigate the relationship with ourselves, And when we truly and um, deeply connect and embody all of who we are, connect with and have clear boundaries around who we are as well, then we can start navigating our relationships in a much different way, right? And 
counteract those psychic attacks or those spiritual, those things that you feel, those yucky things between relationships. I feel that this world will be a very different place if every single person just starts with themselves, because then we can, we step into deeper compassion for other people. We radiate out compassion and kindness and that creates harmony. So it's not about looking outside of yourself. Yes, that's, there's always that mirror. And when you have that little thing that goes, oh, I'm feeling uncomfortable. I don't want to really deal with this. Go there, get uncomfortable, move into this discomfort and allow yourself to work through it. So, and Margaret, have you got some tools that you want to share with us or just some little golden nuggets to end up, you know, the session um, today because it's been an amazing conversation that you'd love to share with people? That's a good question around anything. <laughs> anything you want to share, like, you know, what, what are people, what is the very thing that you want to leave them with? A message. <laughs> I would say that if you are suffering in your life, it's not something you need to keep doing. Suffering and the root of all suffering is resistance or attachment is the other side of that coin. If you meditate on that one truth, that one resonant truth, then that opens up so much for you. You look at what you're resisting and then you step into the creator archetype to co-create with God, with the divine, with others, etc. You step into the creator archetype and you say, okay, how can I shift this for myself? Not how I can change somebody else, but how can I catch it, reinterpret it, alchemize it to be an empowering aspect in my life? The difficult stuff is never going to go away. If it gets resolved, another thing is going to come. That is the nature of this reality. And it's the desire of our soul to keep expanding, keep moving in some direction or another. So pay attention to what you're resisting first, second step into the creator to take full responsibility for how it is occurring for you. And then work with somebody, work with, with a teacher, with a coach, work with somebody you can trust, who can guide you towards alchemy, who can guide you into integrating that aspect of your life. Because if you don't, you're going to always be running from it. And it's always going to be that little princess in the pea story where it's underneath of the mattress and it's just something is not going to feel right for you. You're not going to find freedom. And freedom is essential for you to step into the fullness of who you are and, and the awesomeness of how this life is has been designed. Mm, I love that so much. The awesomeness of how this life has been designed your soul came here for a reason. Your soul chose to be here. So you came here to experience this life. So I always think man life is hard sometimes, but man, it's freaking beautiful as well, right? It is so beautiful. There's so many beautiful things. Just if you dare to look around you, if you dare mm. to open your heart to what is available to you, to what is possible for you, there is so much magnificence and beauty that you can experience minute by minute, just walking outside, 
seeing the glimmer of sunlight on a leaf <clears throat> as water runs down it, right? This is the simplicity of life. We make life so difficult, so hard sometimes, and it doesn't have to be. Yes, people go through very hard things. There are people that go through really, really difficult things. Find, find your joy by going outside and looking at Mama Nature and what she has to offer and looking at animals, you know, our little earth angels that's here to, to always be with us and bring joy. That unconditional love, experiencing unconditional love because it is gifted freely to all of us, isn't it? And there is so much magic. And I always, I just want to say to people that feel like they don't have an out and that feel that, you know, life is too hard for them. <clears throat> Reach out. You are not doing this life alone. You are not alone in this. Your soul chose to be here to experience life to the fullest. It doesn't matter in which way you experience it, as long as you are not staying in that dark hole, that perpetuating cycle, and not experiencing life the way you want to experience it as a soul. Because whatever you experience here is uploaded into the divine, right? As above is below. It's always moving in this beautiful cycle and shifting through you. So I want to, just before we go, I want to share something which keeps on coming up and spirits telling me to share this. Um, I had a client once and the session changed where the person started speaking to me in a different voice. Um, and I immediately knew when she walked in that there was an entity or that there was something there that needed to be shifted. And so we sat down and started talking and I didn't run away. I, I spoke to this entity and he simply said to me that he told me everything, that this is the shadow side, that this is the part of this lady that she is suppressing and it was very masculine and she didn't want to integrate that. She didn't want to understand or accept it. And mm. so took her through a process of stepping into acceptance of this part of her and so what happened was it all merged in together it became one and I could see in the body this beautiful golden light from God's source energy coming in and what happened is that entity that aspect of her then was able to be released into the light yes so she had an entity attached, but it, that entity was playing out something for her, which she, a lesson she needed to learn, this lesson of accepting herself and accepting that part of her. And it was a really, really deep, painful part. It was about sexual abuse. And so there is hope. There is hope. And there is there's this beautiful magic in alchemizing and releasing but there's this beautiful magic also in accepting yourself for where you're at right now in this moment. If you feel that you want to change something, start with accepting yourself right now, looking at your, your physical body and saying, I love you with all your lines and all your wrinkles. I saw a video the other day of this gorgeous woman. She goes, oh, look at these. Look at these, she goes, aren't they beautiful? <laughs> it was so cute. And she goes, aren't they cute? 
and they're going to go all down here, all these wrinkles and lines. And when I'm older, you know, they'll be really like really deep. It's gorgeous. You know, celebrate yourself, right? And don't try and change yourself. Just be who you are now. And this is in this now moment, in this present moment, where you can bring change, where you can make the change. But just like that entity or that energy, we just have to simply understand that it, it, we can transform it when we are ready for it, when it's ready to be released, okay? When we're ready to step into acceptance of ourselves and who we are and integrate parts of us that we have lost, okay? Or that we feel that we don't want to go there because of the pain that we're holding on to. That's when the magic happens, when the transformation happens. And you've got to go there. You've got to go there into that discomfort to be able to shift. Mm, so beautiful. So thank you so much, Anne-Margaret. Um, I love that you have 100 practitioners working across New York City, that you founded um, a beautiful healing center. And so I'd love to know just before we go as well. So these healing practitioners, are they across all modalities? What do they focus on? Well, Giving Tree, Giving Tree Wellness is our business in Manhattan, in New York City. And uh, those practitioners range from massage therapists to Reiki practitioners, to personal trainers, yoga teachers, acupuncturists, energy healers, uh, a lot of different chakra modalities as well. Um, but it is, it's wonderful. We're, we're partners with a lot of the five-star and four-star boutique hotels there. And um, it's a joy that I can continue working with people. It, it really started organically about 12 years ago when we were running our healing center, our yoga studio in a store in New York and um, just got too busy with our, our work. So we started that because we needed help with our own private clientele. And then it just grew naturally from there. And it's a real joy because, um, you know, New York has, has gone through a lot as we all have in the last couple of years. And so it's been really uh, beautiful to be involved with the regeneration of all of that. And also just to be there working with people um, of all kinds of backgrounds from, you know, the, the wealthiest people in, the, in this world to uh, people who used to be homeless or barely getting by at our, our community that uh, we mm -hmm. ran in Astoria. And that whole area of Queens is the most culturally diverse area in the entire world. So I really got an education around all that. And um, I love it, I, you know, just as we're closing up, I love that you shared, you know, about just be where you are right now, because um, I mean, nobody knows what it's like to be in your shoes. Not one other human being in this entire world. We can relate to each other with compassion and empathy, but nobody knows what it's like, and you don't know what it's like to be in anyone else's. And so when you're feeling the depth of devastation, and I work with, I mean, suicide is the number one killer of teenagers now in our country. I mean, it is a very difficult thing globally now. It's one of the top killers in, in our country as well, just any age. Um, but that doesn't even account for, you know, one, that's one in four is actually successful. So you've got, you can multiply that by four, and then that doesn't even factor into all the people who don't attempt. This is a very sober way to kind of end today, but whatever you're feeling, the depth of what you're feeling, nobody knows what that's like. And at the same time, you can have somebody help you move through that. You don't have to be alone. You're not alone, not even close. 
So that's a lie that we tell ourselves, even though we're separate, we are all connected as well. We just need to have a little help from our friends, a hand up out of that, or just somebody to go down there with us and be there with us and understand what that is giving us rather yeah. than just surviving it or waiting for it to be over or resisting the pain that's arising in your body or your mind or your spirit. Like there is a purpose for that. And if you can't see that, you need to rely on somebody else to help mirror that back to you and help you guide through. Because if we, those of us who have gone through really difficult suicidal tendencies, difficult traumas where we just felt like we don't want to be here anymore, it's too hard that depth of understanding and feeling has just the opposite in the light spectrum meaning that your capacity to bring sun into this world to bring light into this world into your own self to not just give it to other people but to experience that level of of um, radiance you don't want to miss out on just don't get stuck in the the, the difficult time or just exit the planet then because you're missing out on what's coming I have heard the most empowering stories from people that have literally turned around a death's door where they made a decision around taking their lives. I cannot remember who this chap was, but I remember watching this video and he planned his suicide. And I'm going to go there because I feel like it's such an important subject that we, we touched on right now. And he got on the bus, he was a young man, and he got on the bus one morning and he was crying his eyes out. And he sat at the back of the bus and these guys on the bus was laughing at him. He was going through a hard time and they were laughing at him. And he was like, well, they're laughing at me. So, you know, this solidifies what I want to do. I don't belong in this world. And he went... Um, standing on the bridge and he jumped off the bridge and that morning his father asked him before he did it he, his father asked him are you okay and his father must have known there was something wrong because he said are you okay and he said I'm fine dad and his father left it and he got on the bus and you know and he jumped off the bridge and he said as he hit the water he felt his bones break and he immediately realized what he had done immediately and he went god please i don't want to die i don't want to die i don't want to go through this this is actually making me feel very emotional and he said please if i survive this i will be an advocate i will share everything i will go and empower people and the seal came underneath him and the seal held him up and he got found and he, you know, he had months and months of recovery. But his dad walked into the hospital and he went, son, I'm so sorry I didn't ask you more. I'm so sorry I didn't insist on you telling me what was going on with you. And he says, dad, don't worry. It's all on me. Okay? Don't worry about it. And his dad said, no, this is all on me because I should have listened better. I should have cared more. And this is how that relationship played out. But this man, I believe he's gone on to create an amazing movement for people to support people through this process and, you know, really empowering people. And I, just before we go, I want to share one more message because Spirit keeps on saying, share this message. <laughs> um, 
I channeled through a beautiful young man uh, connected with his, with his spirit, with his soul. And he brought a message through for all of those people. He took his own life just before Christmas. And he said to me, please give this message to my friends. They were a big group of friends and um, to the world, he said. He said, I was in this big group of friends, but I, because of the peer pressure, I never felt that I could tell anyone what was happening with me. I thought that they would laugh at me. I thought that they would ridicule me. He was sexually abused. And he never could get to the point where he could take all of those emotions that he had within him and just blurt it out and share it, even within this group of friends. And he said, you know what? Tell people out there, talk. Just get it out of your system. Speak your emotions. Tell people, just, you know, get it out there in a way where you say, holy shit, this just happened to me. Or this is what happened to me in my life. And you'll be surprised, he said, as who has got your back. But don't be silent because it festers. That wound just keeps festering. He says, and once I've, I've gone, I realize what I did. And, I, and he said, because he came through another person that wasn't even his, his immediate family. He came through someone who knew him. And, he's, and the message was so profound and so important for him. And he said, please tell people in the world, please tell everybody just to speak up about it. Tell anybody. And if you don't get help from that person, tell another person, tell another person until you get the help that you, you need. Mm. You no longer have to stay silent, my loves. Yes, you are not going through this alone. Reach out and get help. Mm. So on that note, gosh, that was deep. Um, <laughs> but thank you so much, and Margaret, for this incredible conversation. I loved every moment of it. And, you know, I'm so grateful. If any of you have any questions around what we talked about, please do reach out to Anne Margaret or myself. And until we speak again, from my heart to yours, I love you. And I'll see you very soon. <laughs>